Welcome to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer back here as uh, I pretty much always am. And I'm really happy uh, to be joined today by Mike Iskandar. Mike is doing some interesting work around time travel and being kind to yourself across the years. I'll let him introduce it and explain a lot of what he's got going on. But, but to begin, I just wanted to welcome uh, Mike to the show. So Mike, welcome to Trending in Education. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate being here. Yes. So yeah, so the way we typically begin our podcasts is I'd like to ask for my guests' origin story. What brought them to uh, this point in their life, particularly from a professional perspective? And why might folks who listen to a show about trends and learning and education and what's happening in the world around us, uh, why might we be interested in your story? Yeah, for sure. So the program that I created is called Time Travel Journeys, and it's a social emotional learning program that helps kids turn their self-doubt and anxiety into self-compassion and confidence. Mm -hmm. And the way I present it to the kids is that we're for uh, teens and tweens, and I present to the participants as if we're going to go on a road trip, but instead of visiting physical destinations, we're going to go on an exploration of the best qualities of their past selves and their future selves and how those qualities can uplift who they are today. Yeah. Uh, this had a really interesting start for me. This originated from a personal journey that started a few years ago about a year and a half before my 40th birthday, I started asking that question, where did the time go? Yeah. And just <laughs> as we probably all do at different milestone ages of our life. Mm -hmm. And then I was at this point where I just had this very clear image of my 12 year old self. Just during a meditation, I had this very clear vision of my, my 12 year old self and what I saw in this kid was pain and sadness. Hmm. And at first I, I thought he was just disappointed to see how much hair loss was in his future. <laughs> um, but then I remembered like how poorly I treated this kid hmm. and that inner voice of, of doubt. And I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. And yep. even saying those words, you never want to hear from a kid. I hate myself. Right. Um, right. And I just remember apologizing to that kid. And I remember having this message to my 12 year old self and just imagining saying to this younger version of myself, we're going to do it all again, but this time around I've got your back. Yeah. And that got me thinking about this idea of what if I could go back in time and do it again? Mm -hmm. What if I could relive age 12 and 13 and 14? Yeah. It led to this broader idea of what if I could travel back in time and relive every age of my life so far. What yeah. would I learn about who I was and who I am and who I want to be? And then it, without being able to find an actual time machine, I decided to bring this idea to life by conducting 40 interviews with 40 people from ages one to 40 mm -hmm. in the year leading up to my 40th birthday. Yeah. And yeah. it turned out to be this just incredible project sitting down with each participant, starting with a one-year-old and a two-year-old and a three-year-old all the way up to 40, mm -hmm. and just asking, what is it like to be the age that you are? Yeah. And it really, it showed me the power of reflection and mm -hmm. 
of tapping back into those younger years and those, especially those early childhood qualities of imagination and creativity and curiosity and kindness, resilience, all those qualities that we naturally have as kids. Mm -hmm. And then I saw how they, (laughs) that shift into the middle school years and how those qualities started to fade and how the kids started to learn what I went through. That's that self-doubt and that anxiety and that insecurity and just to witness this and then get to the other side of that and see insights from students in, in high school and college and yeah. 20s, 30s and how they would often talk about their own insecurities and self-doubt tying back to those middle school years. And so I wanted to do something for those middle schoolers that are at the root of so many problems that we develop as kids and carry into adulthood. Yeah. And so I developed this program to get middle schoolers who are in that raw phase to be able to step out of that middle school phase and explore the best qualities of themselves in their their baby years and preschool years and their elementary school years. Mm -hmm. And then to use that childhood imagination to explore who do they want to be in high school and college and career paths and life adventures, bucket list adventures. Right. Um, So there's been this really profound experience of seeing what happens when a middle schooler takes a break from being a middle schooler and Mm -hmm. really appreciates who they were when they were younger and gets really excited about who they can become when they're older and how that process uplifts their present sense of self. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. And when we were prepping just a few minutes ago, we were talking about uh, a skills-based orientation towards this, which I do think is interesting. Reminds me of the idea among uh, athletes and performers in a shorter period of time, but they do try to visualize. You mentioned that you were meditating. The idea of being able to imagine a future, there are a lot of skills that kind of scaffold up to being able to do that. And then I imagine your program helps. Lots of times these skills are just dormant. You just have to be prompted to to do it and given the time and the space and treat it with some respect. But any thoughts about that? Just like what kind of skills or from a skills development side of things, what does it take to get good at, or is there such a thing as being good at this? Any perspective on that? Yeah, for sure. I think there's obviously a big emphasis in school on teaching kids what they need to learn and what they lack. And there's obviously a lot of skills and lessons that they gain from school. But I think one of the principles of this is that a lot of the answers, a lot of the lessons we need to learn are within us, within these kids. And it's getting them to awaken those qualities within them that already exist. Mm -hmm. And it's like I mentioned with, it's getting them to to reconnect to those early childhood qualities, Mm -hmm. which have so much value in not just middle school, but in all of life to tap into imagination, Mm -hmm. creativity, curiosity. Yeah resilience, vulnerability, compact, like so many skills that we need in in our adult lives. Mm -hmm. We have them naturally when we're younger. So a Mm -hmm. lot of this program is taking them through a process that awakens the skills that are already within them. And so there's a a practice or a skill you ask, can you be good at this? I think, yeah, you can practice reconnecting and awakening the best qualities within us that we often possess during our early childhood. Yeah, it's interesting. The other skill or 
set of skills. We also talked about the mind. There's a lot of mindsets that are fundamental to this uh, as well. But, uh, but the other skill that I think is interesting is the ability to, to forgive yourself, the ability to accept <clears throat> and be grateful for who you are and be very appreciative of who you are. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know that's pretty foundational to this. Yeah, this is self-compassion, self-love is a huge part of this. One of the interesting things I've seen is, and, and have talked to other teachers about is that when you try to get a, say, a 13-year-old to like him or herself, you might run into a wall. Mm -hmm. One teacher talked about doing a, a self-compassion exercise and how one of the students said, we all hate ourselves, which obviously is very deflating to hear that. But when you get a 13-year-old to talk about themselves as a five or six-year-old, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they talk with such yeah. uh, love and admiration for who mm -hmm. they were. Mm -hmm. I was hilarious. I used to play these games and watch these shows and go on these adventures. Yeah. And, and then same with looking ahead. When you ask 13 year old to talk about, you know, what they want to be when they like who they want to be in college and in their career paths, mm -hmm. they'll get so excited. Like, I'm going to be a music producer or a veterinarian yeah. or an astronaut and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm going to travel here and I'm going to do this and accomplish that. And I half joke that I'm tricking them into self-compassion because yeah. that is a form of self-compassion to right. adore who you were and to be excited about who you can become mm -hmm. is a form of self-compassion that comes back to that present sense of self and uplifts it. I really yeah. Believe that. I yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, and then what about uh, storytelling? Even when I asked for your introduction, I frequently like to go all Joseph Campbell, The Hero's Tale. Uh, I think it's Reed Hoffman at LinkedIn says, great management is allowing everyone to be the hero in their own narrative. So it's not like there's one hero and the rest of us are in support of him or her. It's that it's, we all have a contribution. We all have something to say. We all can be the hero of our own stories. Can you talk a little bit about the, the storytelling aspect of this and how, how that worked even for you? Because it does seem like you now have uh, a pretty impressive story to tell about this transformation you went through around your 40th year. And then in some ways, that story is what you're using to help others tell their own stories. So can you talk a little bit about storytelling? Yeah. So... Reliving my 40 years or just doing those 40 interviews was an epic journey for me. Mm -hmm. And it felt really empowering and exciting to go back through each year of my life. Yeah. Um, and to remember who I was, to make peace with who I was, to gain insights about what I can use today about that will help shape who I want to be in the future. And I love passing that on to, to these kids that I'm teaching and that this program is offering for them to be able to put together the puzzle pieces of their life and yeah. to see who they were. And the storytelling is fabulous in this program because they're sharing these beautiful pieces of who they were, right? Mm -hmm. This one student wrote a testimonial about the program and she said, reliving my toddler years was like digging deep into the ground for gold, mm. making me realize how valuable those years of my life were. Yeah. And there's power to them telling their story about this is who I am. This mm -hmm. is what has made me who I am. And then there's a great connection that comes through storytelling with each yeah. other, mm -hmm. with their peers. The less I'm talking, 
and that the teacher <laughs> delivering this program is talking to better yeah. because uh, these kids are sharing stories with each other. They're finding common ground. Oh yeah, I used to play with that toy. Or I used to watch right. that TV show as well. Mm -hmm. Or I used to go on those same kind of adventures or build those same forts or play those same games. So they're connecting with each other on a different level. Kids that may not even normally connect are finding common ground for childhood. Mm. And then their, the storytelling is connecting them to their parents as well. Yep. Uh, part of what I have them do, the mm. kids do, is interview mm. their parents about who they were, particularly in the baby years that they don't yeah. even remember, and then the preschool years. And so there's a lot of great uh, storytelling that happens yeah. uh, between the parents and the kids. Let me tell you about you know, what you were like at this yeah. age. And oh yeah, mom, I remember this and that happening. And I always remember the mom who emailed me and said, thank you for the opportunity for us to connect with our boy. That's cool. Uh, which was really beautiful. Parent, <laughs> one parent told me about how her middle school son was in the grunt phase, how everything she says to him, he's just, eh, how's your day? Eh, what do yeah. you want to eat? Eh. Yeah. And the, like, this normal conversations, like, they don't go anywhere. But then when they start talking about, you know, stories from the younger years, that, mm -hmm. that storytelling um, amps up and, and creates really cool connections. And yeah. Positive feelings about mm -hmm. the connection they have with each other and who they are as, as an individual. Yeah, it's very cool. I, it did make me think of my son already. He's only two, but I was thinking about... <laughs> What would he think about himself as a one-year-old? I did show him a picture of himself from about a year ago. Oh, and it was the first time, I think he had an awareness of a different age of himself. Like you have to be yeah. two to start to understand what one is. It's interesting. interesting. Um, there's also a lot of power in telling the story of your future and who you mm. want to be. Yes. And there's so much power now. And I think it's becoming more, more common knowledge of future visioning yes and like imagining mm -hmm. almost taking like a childhood level of imagination yeah and you get to to project what do you want your story to be yeah uh, particularly in career paths and life adventures you get to tell your like script it out what do you who do you want to be what do you want your life to look like and then kids start telling stories about who they want to be and yeah. that imagination to you know. Although it's 2020, Mike, so you got to teach them improv too. You gotta, they they got to have a sense of where they want to go. <laughs> yeah, but then right. you got to be able to roll with the punches because uh, they sure. are out there around the corners. But uh, really interesting stuff. Uh, I want to get your take on any trends you're noticing in the world. That's normally the way we conclude. Uh, but before we get there, one trend that I was thinking about because I've read a little bit about it is uh, virtual reality and mm -hmm. the way almost the same exercise you're describing, this notion of virtual empathy where I read, I think it's a New Yorker article where the subject would wear VR goggles and in one context, they were themselves, but in the other context, they were a therapist interviewing themselves. Ooh. And when they saw themselves as the other and they were in the role of the therapist, they were much more forgiving. They were much more accommodating. So I was wondering if you had any thoughts on how even just as simple as the fact that in the pandemic, it's harder to do this type of workshop face to face. So any thoughts about how you would use virtual technology? I, the VR stuff, I like to geek out on a little bit, but any thoughts on how this changes in light of VR and not even VR, but just the idea that people can't be in the same physical space. It has to go virtual. Have you thought at all about that? 
Yeah. The first thing you made me think of is how when I was conducting my interviews, it was almost like every interview was like talking to a younger version of myself. Mm-hmm. And I reflected on my own negative inner voice and the things that I would say to myself and how I would never, ever dare say them to the mm-hmm. these kids yeah, that I'm right. representing younger versions of myself. Right. And yeah, there's a lot of power in that idea of when we step outside of ourselves mm-hmm. and, and see ourselves as a friend or a loved one, the compassion mm-hmm. goes way up. Yeah. Uh, as far as the virtual reality aspects, yeah, I had my own big pivot of where I, I started this program by teaching it as a guest teacher, Carolina Friends School in Durham, North Carolina, um, as a guest teacher in middle school in the classroom. And then I shifted it to Zoom. Yeah. And it, it worked really well. Mm-hmm. And some aspects were even better in the sense yeah. that one of the activities we do is I have, they build forts just like they did as kids when we're revisiting like age six, yeah. um, build forts out of pillows and blankets and couch cushions. Nice. That's obviously far easier uh, when they're in their own home, mm-hmm. but yeah, they're, this could get really interesting. So I have them, the, the kids that participate in this, the time travelers, they yeah. all they, they gather photos of themselves at every phase of their life, ideally at every age they find of themselves. And there's a lot of power to them seeing themselves at these younger ages. Mm-hmm. And there could be a really interesting VR aspect to this of yeah. them almost having, you know, I have them write thank you letters to their younger selves. Mm-hmm. And if we could take that to the next level from a technology standpoint, as far as them having actual conversations, yeah, digital versions of themselves. It's got to be coming. I watch a lot of Black Mirror, though, yeah. so it's, <laughs> okay. it, it, may, it, may go, it may break dark, so we'll, we'll want to be smart about that. The other thing yeah. that was interesting when you were talking about the future is the idea of futures, multiple possible scenarios and multiple pathways. A lot of the research that I've been reading of late is that rather than focus on one, rather than even talking to kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. The reality is you're probably not going to be one thing considering that yes. we're living longer and that the world is changing so fast. So getting a little more comfortable being exploratory and imaginative about scenarios that might happen in the future, that I do think is a skill and it's probably a skill that we need to get smarter about teaching the rising uh, generations. <laughs> this stuff's super interesting to me, Mike. I'd, I'd love to get more, any additional perspective from you, but in particular, when we're concluding with folks. First off, if folks want to find out more about this stuff, where do they go uh, to learn more? Yeah, just to learn more about this program, you can go to uh, timetraveljourneys.com mm-hmm. and, and find me there and learn about the program. And I would love to implement this into your school mm-hmm. or your organization or even teach it myself in the form of a class or a workshop or a summer camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as the, that career perspective was really interesting. That uh, when I did the the workshop for forty four high school seniors, I had the the high school seniors interview a four year old, mm-hmm. and this four year old came on Zoom and said, "Hey everyone, I'm going to teach you what it's like to be four years old." Yeah. And then they would ask the question. One of the high school seniors asked, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And she said, "No, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a chef. Yeah. I'm going to fly. Like I'm going to ride on my unicorn." Yeah. Yeah, And then when it came to the high school seniors to think ahead to their career paths, one of them referenced back to that four-year-old and said, 
why do I have to pick one thing? Like, right? I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to yeah. go there. But... Because by high school seniors, they're no longer playing with Lego. So I think that's the problem. <laughs> as long as we encourage more creative, dynamic yeah. play. Plato and Legos, never die. Yeah. Yes, exactly. The other thing I wanted to talk a little bit to you about before we wrap is the idea of intergenerational diversity. There's a lot of discussion about diversity and inclusion these days, including concepts like neurodiversity, that people with different personalities and ways of viewing the world and places on different continua, it's better that they should be together to get diverse perspectives. One interesting thread in there is that generationally, we are becoming uh, increasingly segregated so that folks of a particular generation or age group tend to only be uh, engaging socially as a social dynamic. Classrooms, school is a social context. Do you have any perspective on that where it does seem like what you're enabling a bit is some perspective taking that is outside of your own generation, which ultimately can connect you to the fullness of your life? Yeah, this is a big part of the program that I'm running where I have kids conduct interviews with people from all different ages. A kid that goes through time travel journeys will literally have the opportunity to interview a two-year-old, a five-year-old, a seven-year-old, and then ahead to a high school student, a college student, a career mentor. Yep. And then I've had them in the first class I taught, I had them interview a couple who are in their 80s. Right. And, and there's such engagement with that at all different ages. Like when they are listening to a different perspective, mm -hmm. it just like catches their attention. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I can't guarantee how long that attention lasts, but yeah. they, there's something very powerful about looking at life and asking questions to people from all different ages and, and perspectives. Yeah. Um, you can see the value on, you can see the value on both sides too. So as I'm getting older, I like engaging with folks who are younger because I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. Cause I'm sure you, and I even saw you talk about this in terms of your experience. Like you forget what it was like to be insert age until right. you're exposed to someone who's there and you're like, Oh, that's right. And then that's another place I think in which the, the empathy works in reverse, but then there's certainly value looking ahead where like I, I joke as a new parent, always pump in folks who are like six to eight months ahead of my son's age. Yeah parents, I'm always pumping them for information just because because the same thing in a career. Like you want to know someone who's a couple yeah. years down the line in terms of being in an organization when you come on board so that you can get their perspective. And ultimately it's hugely beneficial. When we conclude though, Mike, we typically like to get folks perspective on what's new and emerging in the world around us that's capturing your attention. Anything out there could be something we talked about, could be something more out there that you've been noticing that Folks who want to try to get a read on what's coming around the corner, anything you've been uh, noticing of late? I think two things. Uh, one, as we are in this pandemic and doing education through Zoom um, and on screen, two things that have been really powerful are hands-on and off-screen activities mm -hmm. to integrate that into the mm. educational process. Yes. For example, and the, the two two of the big ways that I bring that in, maybe a few ways, are one, I have the kids design their own time machine mm -hmm. that they're gonna is gonna be their mental trigger. Yeah. Uh, to go back and ahead into the future. So that's very, you know, hands-on. And then I have them the other big one is they all build their own forts mm -hmm. out of, of yeah. and for them yeah. to 
get off the screen and do yeah. something hands-on and to not associate education with just staring at a screen. Yeah. Being active. Mm. I think that's a, it's an old school way to be new school. Yeah. To, be, to make this, this latest world of education more engaging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I was thinking about is I just keep having more and more conversations of adults that can trace back a lot of their problems, that their pain that they are trying to heal. Yeah. Back to middle school and those um, mm. teen and tween years. Yeah. Um, and how the these problems don't just go away. Yeah. Like the insecurity and the self doubt and the self hate and the anxiety that kids experience. A lot of times in middle school, it doesn't just go away. Yeah. It carries into adulthood and it increases the likelihood of problems with yeah. college and jobs and relationships and stress levels. Yeah. And so it's important to it to address this stuff at the root of the problem. Yeah. 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 Lots for our listeners to chew on. Thank you. Mike Iskandar for your time. Traveljourneys.com is the place to go to look at what Mike's got going on. Uh, some interesting stuff for you to chew on for our listeners. As always, thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, tell a friend, uh, write us a review, and uh, we'll be back again soon on Trying to Get Education.